Good morning. My name is Nick Swan, the associate pastor here at Grace. Welcome to all of you who are joining us online. Uh, we're going to be continuing our three-part series, which we began a couple weeks ago, on the Psalms entitled, Why We Sing. And this morning, the title of our message is, The Lord Our Shepherd. If you're able, please stand now for the reading of God's Word. This is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, you are our loving shepherd. You know our names. You care for us. You know every circumstance of our lives. And when we face darkness and death, you walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, you fill us with your presence. And when we are fearful, you draw near to protect us. May we dwell in the house of your goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Two weeks ago, I introduced this series, Why We Sing. And one reason for singing that I mentioned is that we sing in order to allow us to explore the full spectrum of human emotions that are present in the Psalms given to us in the Bible. And that by doing so, that the word of God might dwell in us more and more richly. And when the word of God dwells richly within us, we are then equipped by God's word to turn to God through all the various ups and downs of this life. And Psalm 23 is without a doubt the most well-known psalm and likely one of the most well-known passages in all of the Bible. Its content and imagery are so simple that children often memorize it like I did when I was seven years old. Yet its passage is of such warmth and depth that we turn to it time and again to prepare us and to comfort us in the midst of life's most trying circumstances. So what about this psalm makes it so profound? Why does it resonate with us in the way that it does? I believe it resonates because it addresses needs and hopes that are absolutely fundamental to who we are as human beings. It speaks of a shepherd for our souls. All of us want the comfort of knowing that we're not alone in this life. We want the comfort of knowing that someone is there, that someone's going to lead us and guide us and protect us through all the various trials and difficulties of this life. And along with this comfort, we we want to have the hope that this life has a purpose, that it has a destination, that there's a resolution to all of the difficulties and trials that we face. This psalm speaks to 
both our need for a shepherd to guide us and our longing for a place of rest when all things will be made new. And it does so with such simplicity that it can give us comfort and hope to the young and to the old and to everyone in between. This psalm comforts us and it gives us hope through two different metaphors. The first is the metaphor of us as sheep and the Lord as our shepherd. And the second is the metaphor of the Lord being our host at a banquet. So let's begin with the metaphor of the Lord as our shepherd. So point number one, the Lord is our shepherd. Now the phrase the Lord is our shepherd, it would have resonated with David, obviously, the author of this psalm. As Marshall said, he was a shepherd himself. And it would have resonated with the people of God throughout the Old Testament because they themselves would have been around shepherds all the time. This was just a part of their daily life. It was also a a metaphor that would have resonated throughout all of redemptive history because all throughout the Bible, God refers to his people as his sheep and him as their shepherd. God also appointed human leaders, most importantly kings, to shepherd his sheep. And when all of these human shepherds failed, he promised to send a true shepherd, one who would seek out his sheep, one who would lay down his life for his sheep and perfectly lead and care for his sheep. And we see this promise wonderfully fulfilled in Christ in John 10, where Jesus says of himself, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. And it's when we consider who this shepherd is that we should marvel. We know this psalm so well, it can become familiar to us, and we can easily forget just how wonderful and amazing it is that God says that he is our shepherd. But consider afresh this phrase, the Lord God is our shepherd. Notice it's not a simile. It's not the Lord is like a shepherd to us. It says the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who has no beginning and no end, the one who spoke the stars and the universe into existence, the one who knows all things, who is everywhere present, who is all-powerful, the one who is perfect in love, And in holiness, our Redeemer, Christ Jesus, who took on flesh, walked the earth, lived for us, died for us, rose for us, ascended for us, and will one day come again for us. This God is our shepherd. There are many images that God uses to describe himself. And there are many of them that that encourage us, that strengthen us, that give us hope. For instance, he says that he is our shield that he's our king, that he's our fortress, that he is our rock. But as wonderful as these are, they lack a certain level of intimacy. Intimacy that the imagery of a shepherd captures in a much different way. The imagery of a shepherd, it implies an ongoing relationship. It, it, It implies a loving pursuit of us. God is our shepherd, and the fact that he is our shepherd, it means that he knows us. A shepherd knows his sheep. He knows what they look like. He names them. He he cares for them. He loves them so much that he would leave the 99 to go and seek them out if they were lost. He's there to lead and to guide and to protect every step of the way. And all of these blessings we, we receive as God's sheep, they're an overflow of God as our shepherd. It's the relationship 
of a shepherd with his sheep, the shepherd loving his sheep. And because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. Other translations say, the Lord is our shepherd, therefore we shall have everything that we need. Now I want you to notice as we unpack these opening four verses that there is movement to this imagery. It's a journey that we are going to be on with this shepherd that provides all that we need. And on this journey, he will lead us to places that will restore our souls. He will also guide us in righteous paths that will take us to our final destination. He will even lead us into and through dark valleys, the valley of the shadow of death. And as he does so, he will protect us and guide us along this treacherous terrain. In every step of the journey, the Lord, our shepherd, is leading us, he's providing for us, and he's protecting us. I have three little sub-points here of the Lord is our shepherd, and and this is what he does as he provides for us. The first sub-point is this. First, he provides rest for our souls. Look with me at verses 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Now, sheep, to be kind, are not the brightest of animals. Probably some of the dumbest of animals. Without a shepherd leading them to food and water, they would quickly die of thirst and starvation. They simply would not find it on their own. In addition to being dull, they are skittish animals. They're afraid all of the time. They're easily startled. That's why they can't drink in moving water. Even the moving water scares them, so they need still water in which, where they can go to, to drink. They're also helpless They're completely unable to defend themselves from predators. Therefore, they're constantly on guard. They're afraid. They're always looking over their shoulder as something trying to eat me, something trying to kill me. They're dull animals. They're afraid animals. And they're constantly afraid. So this description in verses 2 and 3 of lying down, it's a picture of them being unafraid in green pastures. So they've got plenty of eat. Besides still waters, they have plenty to drink. It is a sheep's paradise that is being described here. They're free to graze green grass. They can satisfy their hunger. They can drink from all the still waters that they want, all the thirst that they have, they can satisfy. And they're secure in the protection of the shepherd. Therefore, they can lay down and they can do so without any fear of anything sneaking up on them and killing them. What David is pointing out is that our shepherd, he knows perfectly how to provide for us his sheep the lord knows what we need the lord knows our frame he knows that we're dust he knows that we're vapor he knows exactly all of our weaknesses and all of our needs he knows that we are utterly dependent upon him and so he leads us in such a way precisely in order to take care of us and to restore our souls He leads us to still waters. Day after day, we labor in a fallen world, and often our souls feel parched by all the difficulties of this life. And Christ beckons us to come to him, to have our thirst satisfied, to pour out his spirit upon us, that we might taste what is good and be satisfied in our souls. He leads us to green pastures. You ever feel like your energy is spent? You work, you got family, you've got life, you're tired, your energy's sapped. 
God says, come, I've got plenty of food. I can fill your belly. I can give you all that you need. Come and eat, eat from my word. Come and celebrate the Lord's Supper where you can have your thirst satisfied and your soul fed on the body of Christ. He leads us to rest, to lie down and rest, trusting that he's going to protect us. You ever feel like you have to just keep grinding? Go, 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 go. And if I stop, everything's going to come crashing down. God said, stop, slow down, rest. He will watch over and protect you as you seek to take time to rest in him. To pause each day to engage with him. To come and do what you're doing right now each and every Sabbath. To rest each Sunday from all the labors of this life that he might restore your soul. Our shepherd knows us. He knows you. He knows what you need. And he is leading and guiding and protecting you. Leading you to still waters, to green pastures, and to rest that you might restore your soul. But remember this psalm has movement. We're on a journey. Christ leads us to these green pastures and still waters. But these aren't the final destination of this life. They are only stops along the way that restore our souls for the journey. Once we've satisfied our thirst and once we have filled our stomachs, rested and restored our souls, we continue on our journey down paths of righteousness. And this is the second thing that our shepherd provides. He provides guidance for the journey. As I said earlier, sheep are not the brightest of creatures. For instance, if left to themselves in green pastures, they will eat every blade of grass until there is nothing left to eat. They'll just keep eating and eating and eating. This requires the shepherd to constantly move them to green pastures to rotate things. Otherwise, they would stay in the same place, eat it up until it's all gone, and they would stand around looking around at one another until they died. Literally. And so the shepherd has to lead them to green pastures. And it requires him to do so. And as he does so, along this way, the sheep are prone to wander they're prone to leave the flock. They're prone to leave the shepherd, suddenly finding themselves with, without food, without water, and in danger. And often we find ourselves doing the exact same thing. God's voice is beckoning us. Stay near. But we tend to wander. We tend to leave the God that we love. We are prone to find ourselves separated from the flock, separated from God, and we begin to go hungry and thirsty and we find ourselves in danger. But God in his kindness gives us his word to guide us on this journey. To lead us in paths of righteousness. To keep us near him. And to keep us near his people. He has not left us to ourselves. We are not without a guide in this life. He has given us his word to lead us and direct us through this life. Christ by his spirit leads us. ...down right paths. He leads us away from sin and away from death... ...and he keeps us on paths that lead to life and to freedom... ...and to lasting and true satisfaction. He's leading us to green pastures and still waters. He's leading us to safety and he calls us to stay near to him... ...to stay near to his people and to trust... ...that the journey that he has us on is ultimately bringing us... ...to the destination that is best for us. And as he leads us on this path of righteousness, he does so for his name's sake. The state, the status of the flock is a reflection of the shepherd. 
if you have sheep that are healthy, that are well cared for, that are protected, it reflects upon the good work that the shepherd has done. And when we remain on paths of righteousness, it redounds to God's glory for his name's sake. Now, there are times where he's going to lead us down paths that take us through difficult and dark places. There are times when the path that God has for us, it leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. But we can trust him even when he leads us down these paths because the third thing our shepherd provides is comfort and protection in the darkest of times. We love the imagery of green pastures. We love the imagery of still waters. We love the imagery of restoring our souls. We might even love, probably less so, always staying on paths of righteousness. Because if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we like getting off the paths because the paths of righteousness don't seem like fun and getting off the path seems like a lot more fun. But none of us, I guarantee you, are saying, sign me up to take me through the valley of the shadow of death. That's really where I want to be led in this life. In fact, there are some of us who believe that if we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death, we must have done something to deserve this valley of the shadow of death. Now, it is true that occasionally sin will lead us down the wrong path and we will suffer. And if we are doing so, we need to turn from that sin and repent and get back on paths of righteousness. However, there are plenty of times in this life when we find ourselves in dark places, in the valley of the shadow of death, through no fault of our own. In fact, God might have us there quite purposefully. When we, what we cannot see, but what God, our good shepherd, knows is that in order to get us to green pastures and to still waters, occasionally he must take us through the valley of the shadow of death in order to get there. And here's what's difficult about walking through these valleys. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death requires that we trust that our good shepherd knows what he is doing, even when the circumstances of our life seem to indicate Otherwise, And the psalmist gives us two ways in which the good shepherd demonstrates his trustworthiness in moments of great darkness. He has a rod and he has a staff which he uses to comfort us. Now shepherd's rod is used to fight off predators. And the imagery is here to help us be reminded that our good shepherd will defend us from our enemies. In dark places where the enemy lurks and is seeking to devour us, our shepherd stands guard for us, ready to fight for us and to defend us. The danger is real, but our shepherd is a good shepherd who with his rod will always defend us. And along with comforting us, and defending us from evil, he also comforts us by using his staff to keep us on the path. He uses his staff to keep us away from the hazards of this life. This is the staff we think of with the shepherd's crook. So what's a sheep? Narrow path, wandering off toward its death. The shepherd hooks the sheep and brings it back, nudges gently, never to hurt the sheep, actually to prevent the sheep from being hurt. It's a staff of comfort that's keeping us on a path away from death and towards life. Friends, our shepherd is a good shepherd. He will defend us and he will lead us in this life to safe paths in the midst of dark valleys. 
even in the most treacherous of places where enemies lurk and where one false step can lead to our death, our shepherd is there to defend us and to guide us, to give sure footing for our feet. While under his care we have nothing to fear, he will not lose any of the sheep that have been entrusted to his care. We are precious to him. He knows us and he loves us. Our shepherd will protect us. He will preserve us. He will deliver us safely to the other side. Now I'm confident that there are some here this morning that are in the midst of difficulties, trials, suffering. Are you a teenager here and you're battling anxiety? You are constantly in fear of what other people think of you how your life's going to come together, what the next step is, and you are gripped by fear. Are you single and lonely and you are longing to be married? Are you married and you're longing for a child that simply has not come? Are you caring for a family member when you yourself may feel tired or old and you do not know where the energy or the patience is going to come from to love and care for this person? Are you daily weighed down by the challenges of knowing how to love a wayward child? You want to intervene, but you don't want to overstep, but you don't want to step back too far because you're you're worried that if you step back, you're not sure what's going to happen next to them. Are you battling depression? A darkness that simply will not lift. Are you in the grips of alcohol? Some other substance that you're running to for escape. No one knows but you. But you know that inside you are rotting because of this addiction. Do you continue to grieve the loss of a loved one? And the grief is simply coming in waves. Friends, there's no end. There's no end to the trials of this life. But friends, the good news of this psalm is that no matter what you are facing, Jesus, our good shepherd, is near to you. To lead you and to guide you and to protect protect you. Notice the shift of pronouns from verses 3 and following. All along the way he's been talking about my, my, my. In verse 4, David addresses God as you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Friends, our shepherd is always near to us. But when the, tr- when the path is treacherous, here's the thing. He doesn't withdraw from us. He's even closer. It's in those moments when we are being pressed in, when we feel the world pressing upon us, that our shepherd doesn't withdraw. He's there with his staff to guide us, to protect us, and to lead us. In the most difficult paths of your life, your good shepherd is near at hand, nearer than he has ever been. He will not lead you astray. His staff is there to comfort you, to nudge you, not to hurt you, but to help you, to keep you safe. You can entrust yourself to our good shepherd to care for you and guide you. This valley will not last forever. He will lead you out the other side. He's leading you to green pastures and still waters. He's leading you to a place that will restore your soul. Trust him. For those in need of rest and nourishment and comfort, the psalm not only offers comfort for the journey, it offers the hope of a destination. And that is our second point. This is the only only two points, not three, and it's going to be brief, I promise. The second metaphor used in this psalm is the metaphor of the banquet. And point number two is this, the Lord is our host. 
Now this psalm, it turns on a dime. One moment we're walking in the valley of the shadow of the death, death, and the next moment we're no longer sheep, but we are men and women seated at a banqueting table. And as sudden as this shift is, I don't believe that these images are unrelated. I believe the metaphor of us as sheep and the Lord as our shepherd, it's the journey of this life. And the banquet is pointing to the final destination of this life. At this banquet, Jesus, our good shepherd, has become our host. And he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He then anoints our head with oil and then he gives us a cup of wine that is overflowing. And what's pictured here is a banquet of a king who is celebrating a victory over his enemies. It's a picture of the final victory that Jesus will have when he returns. The image of Jesus anointing our heads with oil, it is a picture of overwhelming blessing. In the Old Testament, kings are anointed. Priests are anointed. And oil represents the blessing of the Holy Spirit that is being poured out on God's people. And when they anointed kings and priests, they didn't simply dab them with a little oil. Let's shake some out and dab. They would pour it over their heads such that it would pour over their heads onto their beards and onto their clothing. God is not reluctant to pour out abundant blessing. He doesn't dab it on. He pours out blessing upon his people. We also see this abundance in the cup of wine that is overflowing. This is a party and it is a fun party. We are anointed. The abundant blessings of God are coming and a cup of wine is overflowing. Celebration is taking place. It's a glorious picture. Notice also the enemies of God are present. Christ prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. And there are two ways to understand this imagery. Either it is a king who has set up a table in the middle of a battlefield with all of his slain enemies around him. Or he has gathered up all those who have survived his defeat. And they are now bowing down before him as he celebrates in their presence. Either way, the message is clear. The enemies of God will be defeated and judged. And God's people will celebrate victory with him. Now, the most amazing thing about this metaphor of the banquet is this. We aren't the victors. Christ is the victor. Yet it's our victorious king who is setting a table for us and showering us with the blessings of victory that he himself has won. This banquet is a wonderful reminder of the grace of God in Christ. None of us deserve to be at the banqueting table. We deserve to be among the enemies that are defeated... And yet, because of Christ and through faith in him, we are now welcome to this banqueting table to celebrate and enjoy the blessings of Christ's victory, which he has won on our behalf. And the psalm ends with these glorious words, which encompass the entire journey and the destination. It says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The goodness and the steadfast love of God, the covenant faithfulness of God, the the promises that he has made for us, a love that will not let us go. It is this love that will follow after us, that will pursue us all the days of our lives. Whether resting in green pastures or treading on dangerous paths of the valley of the shadow of death, the steadfast love of the Lord will always be with us, pursuing us, leading us, guiding us, feeding us. Then even when we wander, it will find us. It will leave the 99 to go and gather us and to bring us back. 
His mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our lives, preserving us for that day when we will be with Him, seated at His table, heads anointed with oil, cup overflowing, celebrating with Christ our redeeming King for all of eternity. Friends, the Lord is our shepherd. Therefore, we have everything that we need. Let me pray for us. Father, you, you are our shepherd. You comfort us, your sheep, with the truth that you are with us. That you satisfy our hunger and you satisfy our thirst and you give us rest and you protect us. Help us to heed your voice. Help us to respond to your staff of guidance. May we not resist you. May we yield to you, trusting that even in the valley of the shadow of death, you know exactly what you are doing and that you will lovingly bring us through on paths of righteousness, ultimately preserving us for that day when we will celebrate in your presence. May the reality of that day give us hope for this day, we ask in Christ's name. Amen.